And tonight we have a special guest, Michael Reeves, and he's a gentleman I know from the gym and uh, an interesting guy. He's got uh, the Phoenix uh, tattooed on one of his arms, big, strong guy. And so we talked a little bit about like some of his religious background. Anyway, what? 40, yeah, right? Is that what I said, I thought? Anyway, before we, <laughs> we are before, professionals. Okay. Yeah, so let's let's go ahead and do our deal and then we can get into it. Grace Mon. Okay. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. Grace Mon. There we go. Episode there it is. 40. Episode 40. So our guest tonight is Michael Reeves. He's he's a good guy. I met at the gym. Anyway, so we he's gonna tell us his his story and then we'll just see where that goes. So Yeah, uh, I um I well my story, uh I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois, uh born and raised uh until uh, somewhere around high school, uh, my cousin was in the Air Force uh, and was stationed out here in Midwest City at Tinker Air Force Base uh, and used to write home a lot about how safe it is to go outside, you know, and, and all of that good stuff, uh, you know, walking outside at right. night back then in the 90s uh, in Chicago. It was a little dangerous uh, at the time, uh, depending on where you were. So uh, he wrote to my mother a lot. Uh, my father was a Chicago police officer for 30 years. Uh, and I, my story is basically I grew up in church as a non-denomination, you know, type Christian that, you know, believed in just nothing but the Bible. Uh, we were more or less uh, absolute about uh, the Bible, about you know what, who God is, and how alive and great He is. And He came with a lot of rules yeah. <laughs> uh, from 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 back then. Uh, so uh, the women wasn't allowed to wear pants or they weren't allowed to come into the church without anything covering their hair. Uh, wow. You know, there was a lot of, it was a lot of rules. There was a lot of stuff that I, that I kind of grew up in. Uh, my father and my mother used to be together. My father was actually a deacon in the church at one point uh, until the pastor started trying to enter our home and try to control some of the things that we were doing at home outside of church. My father wasn't okay with it. My mother was. Uh, they divorced somewhere around when I was four or five years old, but they've been separated for a quite, quite a long time. So uh, they divorced. Uh, it was me and my brother. I was the older brother. Uh, just a lot of, 
at the time, they used a lot of uh, the Bible and church to kind of enter into our our person, our, our home, our everyday structure. Uh, right. it, was, wow. it was quite a bit. Uh, so uh, fast forward a couple of years uh, here in Oklahoma, uh, I was uh, playing football. I was kind of a bigger guy growing up. And, uh, you know, some of those rules were, were not me, not uh, missing church. And our church uh, was, you know, three to four days a week. So you had your Sunday service. Uh, every first and third Sunday, you had two services on Sunday. Uh, the first service could go from 11 to sometimes uh, 4 or 5 in the evening. <laughs> and then uh, the my uncle, who was the original pastor of this church, uh, he used to preach sometimes well into the second service, which started at 630. Was this <laughs> was this in Oklahoma or this or was back in, in Chicago. Chicago? OK, yeah. Okay. yeah. So. Uh, so he was one of those those guys. He passed away when he was 42, which prompted uh, most of the church to make this big move from Chicago to Oklahoma and uh, the church itself moved. Uh, some people moved without even knowing if they would have a place to stay. Uh, some people moved without even knowing if they had a job the next day. Uh, so you moved down here with them? Is yeah, at the time I was still, uh, I was still uh, a minor. So, you know, I, I didn't have a choice, really. And staying oh, okay. with my father in Chicago, my father was a police officer, so he was going a lot. And uh, even when I was there, he was going a lot, a lot of time. So it was either, and my father was a womanizer. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> so if it wasn't the job, it was, it was a lot of other stuff. I grew up with another family for the most part thinking that that was my one of my little brothers that I would look after but it was just he was so known in Chicago for with different women and their children so uh, that was a lot that you know that was that's a lot <laughs> on its own yeah. so uh, yeah yeah so uh, tell so, tell me about uh, like where you trans I mean do you still do you believe did you okay when you were young? Did you believe the same way? And then, uh, as you grew up, question some of those. So, or, or do you still believe that way, or what? No, I, I don't believe that way anymore. Uh, some of the way I grew up, uh, you know, now that I'm able to do my own research, it was mostly like a cult type atmosphere uh, that I oh, grew wow. up in, and you know, and I didn't didn't really know about it until I got curious about, you know, in Chicago, <laughs> you know, the, the neighborhood I grew up in, you know, church was far from my mind or just uh, where my soul would go and questions of that nature never really hit me because Chicago was Chicago and I was young and, and dumb and out in the streets a lot. Uh, so I, I really never thought about it in Chicago. It wasn't until uh, my family and the church moved here 
to where I was uh, able to kind of slow down. There wasn't a lot of stuff to get into uh, uh, at all. So uh, the only other thing I had was was church, and uh, it was new. I was learning a lot. I actually, uh, when I was maybe when I was maybe 17, 18 years old, uh, they made me a deacon of the church. Uh, I was going different places, uh, you know, preaching and, you know, teaching. Uh, then a little bit after that, we came out with a, with a, our singing group that we had at, at, at one point. Uh, then that, uh, kind of transitioned into Supertropolis, which is a Christian, uh, rap and singing type of uh, group. Uh, was we, it I was actually. Maka? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Maka. Mecca. Mecca. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, was your yeah. that was your stage name, right? Yeah, that was my <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I was I was involved. Uh, we actually made it to get on three different uh, music labels. Uh, we were in talks with uh, Bobby Jones and you know different people of that nature. Uh, went on a couple of tours. Uh, now this was this was singing. It was like Christian rap. Yeah, Christian rap and singing. Yeah, and singing. So, but it was yeah. it was like a was it a ministry or was it just yeah? It was. It wasn't a ministry because our church, according to their rules, uh, we were <laughs> we were. We were frowned upon for doing stuff like that, even though oh, okay. one of the one of the the bigger response, uh, one of the bigger uh, deals for us was to, you know, according to the church, was to yeah. go out and spread spread God's word. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, we felt that this was a tool that we could use to reach a lot of people our age at the time. You know, young people. Hey, so. You know, let me just interject something here sure. just so you know kind of what platform you're on. Now, John Luke uh, never really bought into the 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 faith. Now, well, I, I did as a kid. I did as a kid. Yeah, I mean, when I was it was when I was a teenager that I started questioning it. Yeah, but I I went through like the whole deal where I was like I was in I was in it all, man. I was like and so I don't, I don't look back at myself and go, man, I was really dumb. I just look back and go, wow, that's interesting, you know, that I was, I was there. And so, I mean, like he read, about, he read the Bible all the way through seventeen times. That's yeah, that's how intense I was. Apostle oh, I, and, was. And, and I fasted <laughs> and prayed and all that, and I and and I still and I don't look back on that and think. Oh, that, that was a waste of my life to do all that. I mean, there is some value in that, but I think the, uh, you know, some of the oh mythical aspects of it, I just struggle with. So anyway, so anyway, uh, I just wanted you to know that. So if you say, hey, man, I was in it big time. I was too, man. And I, and I don't know that I'm out all the way and I hold some of it, but um, so, yeah, so continue. So. So tell us more about the yeah your your rapping journey. Yeah, right. Uh, so 
so that I mean that journey was uh, it was pretty it was pretty good on our side uh, when we tried to run events by our church that moved here from Chicago, uh, which you know the pastor in charge was my auntie. Uh, my uncle had passed away, the one that would preach from morning until evening, pretty much. He passed away when he was 42, uh, back in 97, 96, 97, somewhere in there. Uh, but she took over the church. Uh, she didn't like that we were uh, singing. Well, she would want us to sing instead of rap. So we did both, but she would rather have have that so okay what, I got you. what they what they used to do a lot in this church was they would do their research on a topic so if uh something happened uh you know that was uh in the church or if you heard of something happening to uh, a member of the church they would research a subject just to bring up you know nine, ten different scriptures about said subject. And, you know, then the next uh, the next time that they would preach, it would be about this particular subject that, you know, has occurred with one of the members of the church. So oh, you wow. were talked about, oh, yeah, you were talked about in the church to, it's you like know, kind pressure, of. pressure, right? Yeah. So yeah. as a, you were brought up as a bad example and they yeah. used you as a bad example if you messed up? Yep. Oh, hey. okay. Like, could yep. you have an example of that? Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, we were all spiritual young. Abuse. Uh, spiritual he, abuse. Spiritual yeah. abuse. He, he, uh, he, so we he knows that term, man. Yeah. <laughs> so go so ahead, we, Mike. We I'm were sorry. All, no, you good. We were all, you know, young. And we're, we're kids. Um, um, around the time my, my mother and father divorced, uh, one of the rules were... You wasn't supposed to celebrate Christmas or any holidays. Uh, so, uh, of course, one weekend with my father and his new family, you know, holidays roll around. You know, we're, you know, they want us to help my brother and I help, you know, put uh, put up decorations on the tree. Uh, so, you know, we're putting up decorations on the tree. We're maybe seven, eight years old at the time. And uh, word gets back to the pastor, which again is my aunties, my mother's mom. I mean, my mother's sister. So, you know, at eight, nine years old, you know, we're getting preached on in in the entire church because we were told to put, you know, hey, help us decorate the tree. Okay. We're kids. We're going to decorate the tree. And there's specific subject for this night was being a part taker <laughs> of <laughs> of said activities so and wow. this is what part taking means and because you are a part taker the devil will have you <laughs> into sin and yeah. you know and, and we're we're seven or eight you know what i yeah, mean so dude, we're, I, that's yeah. rough. you know that what is, i mean so we're I looking would, at this like buy it man it's like, yeah, yeah right because right, we're, we're I, kids yeah i was in yep. too big time now we did we did we did weird stuff i mean now one thing uh so i i went from like baptist and then i went into pentecostal and i like spoke in tongues and 
and and all that and and so but so anyway yeah but but you're that the, what you're talking about seems that's more strict than I think I've been a part of. Yeah. So so like I said, I I've done more research as as in my adult life, and like I said, that's why I refer to it as more of a cult type atmosphere to me. Yeah. You know, they had people, you know, like you said, speaking in tongues, you know, they had people at the altar maybe three or four hours trying to learn how to pick up tongues. And then if you didn't learn how to do the tongues correctly, the longer you stayed there until you you picked it up. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, like, you know, I've seen a lot of it so it's it's been you know so if you don't you know figure it out you know yeah. what I mean? and, and and given i do believe in you know being a spiritual person but i believe that that's kind of your own personal relationship with uh you know with yourself or you know with god but you were made to sit in this particular place for however long <laughs> Uh, and uh and you know when you got it you know it was it was over with but if if that person didn't believe you got it (laughs) not going anywhere so uh it's kind of like the drill sergeant working you over yeah so do you think do you have some lasting trauma from all that you think yeah i do um and that's you know i'm giving you maybe the tip of the iceberg like there's been I've seen people get addicted to, you know, alcohol over it. I've seen people get addicted to to drugs. I've seen people go completely, completely left, you know, compared to when we were kids to to now. So, uh, yeah. So they, yeah, they went left. I mean, they just like rebelled against it. Is that what you're saying? Not rebelled against it, but just the the. I I went to therapy. You know what I mean? That was my out. I didn't know that, you know, uh, for example, I didn't know that uh, it was okay to, you know, to like, to like girls. You know what I mean? Like, uh, to oh, like, wow. you know, actually I'm go, sorry, go on a date. You know, yeah. it, you know, we would go on dates, but it would be so secret, you know, can't tell nobody, you know. Oh, wow. Or, or if we had girls call in the house before cell phones you know yeah they ask for such and such he'll give me the phone and you know we can you know we'll meet out on the corner or something like that but you know that's that's how that was if if someone you know found out you kissed a girl you know again that's the next subject for you know bible study <laughs> you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. so so that you <laughs> called that a non-denominational right that's what they called it yeah a non-denominational wow. cult. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, but you know, uh, it's a, you know, my aunt. She has. She passed back in 2006. So, uh, the the leader of that group was her son. So that kind of, you know, separated us uh, on our. Well, for me, uh, it kind of. I was kind of doing my own research during that time anyway because we were called so many other stuff or just doing gospel rap <laughs> and, you know 
we were treated like we were selling drugs. We were treated like we were, oh, wow. you, know, in, you know, we've been back and forth in prison. That's how we were looked at at our own church. So wow. whenever we would uh, have different performances, you know, you'll see the other groups and their pastors coming up as, uh, you know, helping them out or so supporting you were, them, you were supporting the message. Right. Yeah. Yes. So like, like you, you believe the new Testament and, and all that. So, but you were non-denominational, but you did, but you did, your, uh, group did encourage speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy spirit. Correct. Mm -hmm. So it was mm -hmm. almost like Pentecostal, almost like holiness or something mm -hmm. is yep. where it's like, uh, where you just do everything you can to just be as clean and, and good. Yep. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's an interesting deal, man. And I think there's other like I think about Islam because I think that's kind of like I don't know. That's one thing we wanted to learn about from a friend of yours is like yeah, how, how all these relate, all these like like my experience and your experience and and like like what's what's common and stuff. But anyway, there's, just trying to understand, probably... man. There's probably more crossover than everyone believes between yes, Islam and, and Christianity. And I believe that too, because uh, you know one of the many rules is you know not to read books like the Quran or you know okay. not to read into uh, Judaism or Buddhism or okay. you know that's that was another trick of the enemy to pull you down into hell and you know yeah. different, different. But yeah. you know I've I've done my research and you know. There is overlap. Uh, there yeah. is, you know, kind of the same, uh, you know, commandments. There is kind of the same type of, you know, yeah. right and wrong. Uh, right. But, yeah. uh, you know, some are just more extreme than others. Uh, you know, to even speak like this, you know, now would be the greatest, you know, sin ever. Like, I was so scared of you know, uh, hell. Yeah. Well, scared or, or, of hell or just, I'm, you know, just scared of, you know, having just a, just a, you know, a beer, you know, at a, yeah. you know, at a, you know, cause you know, it, it puts the fear so, so far deep in you that, you know, yeah. you can't, you can't do anything to, to appease, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? So yeah. you have to work, you have to be that, so. That, that's so. There, you're so describing my life. But go ahead, John. Yeah. Is is that organization still? It's still kicking. It is. Uh, it's is still it, kicking. So it's uh, got quite a few members still. It still has uh, an, enough members. It, it's it's always been a small small type of uh, church. Um, it still goes on to this day. My mother still goes there to this day. Um, but, you know, if you were wanting to, you know, buy a house or have uh, a plan to be what, what I would say some type, you know, uh, successful, you know, have money in the bank, you know, have cars and, you know, things of that nature was preached against so you know my mother still lives in like a two-bedroom apartment 
uh, you know, and she's scared of succeeding because, you know, if you're if you're rich or if you're making enough to buy a home or keep up with, you know, your bills and, and, and get the things that you may want or you may need, you know, she will go without on purpose <laughs> or just, you know, feel like she's this good Christian woman because she and doesn't so have all of. You know, if I could. And so if I could kind of pick up on what you're saying, you kind of you you don't exactly subscribe to that way of thinking not i mean there's some good stuff but some of that stuff you're talking about it sounds like you're kind of like questioning that and you and i I think you said like even talking about it is kind of a little risky uh but so anyway so are are you going to get in trouble for this are you you out of oh yeah i've been i've been out of there for for years okay Um, I am, you know, I've been out there for years. Uh, I was, I, I paid my, my share in experience and, uh, <laughs> and control, you know what I mean? So like, uh, my two oldest kids are, they're, uh, 21 and 20. And, you know, I was convinced to the, you know, according to that church to marry this young woman (laughs) back in the day. And, of course, we had kids. And that whole relationship that I had with her was so, it was so just illuminating to me. Because they wanted me to appease them and marry her because I was dating her. Uh, and it wasn't until that I pressured her to marry that I found out all the other stuff that marriage is, you know. And sure. I can be as ready or you can be as ready as you, as you can be if that other person isn't ready for what marriage is, then course it's going to be you know a crapshoot and you know that's what it was so like a lot of things that I saw that people were telling me to do you know they would go back home and you know and just do whatever they wanted to do but as long as you did it that's good with me (laughs) you know what I mean so it was a lot of stuff that I started to see that you know because I I got married at 20 years old uh, and, you know, I'm still young and dumb, but sure. being in this church, you know, you are elevated to thinking that you are smarter than the average, you know, person that's out there because, you know, you you are not of the world. You know what I mean? You have God yeah. on your side and he can, he can manage all your decisions and you'll be, you'll be good to go. So, <laughs> so Preston said you were a minister for a while. What, yes. Yes. Tell us about that. When when was that in your life? What what age were you? Uh, shortly after coming here, of course, uh, and nothing else to do. You kind of uh, you kind of uh, bought in my wife. Sorry, 
told her I would. Tell her we said howdy. Hello. I, I will. She already left, but okay. Uh, but uh, so shortly after we we made it here, uh, there was nothing that I would normally do in Chicago. I would you know kind of do here. So that seemed like uh, the people I was around uh, from school, they all had kind of their own stuff. And see the way we grew up in Chicago. Um, you were always in someone else's room or some, you know, we were always sharing because the cost of living there is so expensive. You were always, you know, kind of boxed into this uh, little apartment or a little house or a little basement. Uh, so what I noticed when I first, you know, moved here was everybody had their own stuff. Everybody had their own rooms. Everybody had their own clothes and uh, things, you know. Uh, so that's what I kind of noticed. And, I always said to myself, well, I want my own things. I want, you know, I have my own room and, you know, different things of that nature. So I felt that if I would learn a little bit more about uh, other stuff, I would have my own stuff and learn how to get my own stuff. So I started, you know, buying into what they were teaching. And, uh, you know, it started making sense to me. So as a young adult, yeah, of course, I can, you know, cut off all the distractions and, you know, just focus on what, you know, what, what's being read into me. So, and, and that's what I did. Uh, and a little, and I think what actually happened is that uh, the pastor at the time was boasting so much about how <laughs> these uh, young people in the church are making more mature decisions than people that has been in the church for years you know uh that she just appointed started pointing at you know 16 17 year old me 18 19 year old cousin of mine or brother and just you know promoting us up so then we started you know learning how to preach and different things of that nature and our whole learning how to preach was uh I think it's funny because that would just put you up there. So, uh, in 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 the Bible, it talks about that God. You know, if you open your mouth, that God will take control of your tongue and He'll okay. speak what He needs to speak. Right. So, that was part of it. So, you're thrown up there in front of you know twenty, thirty people <laughs> as a kid, and yeah. you just you know you got to figure it out. You know, if you go. <laughs> You go and study, you know, yeah, and try to come up with something. Yeah, right. And you were looked at, looked at like, oh well, God is not using you. You going really? There. Yeah. So. Oh, so you were supposed to like get into the spirit, kind of like. Yeah. So you, yeah. So you just okay. open the book and wherever it laid at, you got to figure out what your message okay. gonna be about. <laughs> so, so they used social embarrassment, and from that, the next time you got up, you were prepared, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. you know like a like a comedian you get up there and bomb a few times now you figure out you know yeah. your, your your trigger words okay right. all right well don't don't say that anymore okay they seem to respond to this a little right. bit better okay all right all right well you know so yeah. now it doesn't seem as though god is in this because i'm coming up with this i didn't learn how to you know uh, say some some words that I know this person is going to oh, agree with that, or I know yeah. this person. You know, it, it, 
it's kind of having that uh having that swagger and yeah. you know confidence to get on stage and you know right. just go yeah you uh, just go all right yeah so it's almost uh, like so, that uh do they do that when they rap or something that just kind of and, yeah and like freestyle kind of, yeah yeah freestyle yeah. where you just kind yeah. of go man and yeah so and you got pretty it's, good at it like, got pretty okay, good at it yeah, right. yep, yep. I got pretty good at it. Uh, and, you know, and then there was a, and I'm an introvert, and I didn't know what that was at the time. So yeah. the, the pressure was doubled for me, if you will. So, like, I, you know, I was freaking out on a whole different level uh, yeah. being put up in front of these people. So <laughs> I just, you know, yeah just funny to me uh but right. you you yeah. do turn yourself into a whole different person when you, yeah. when you get up there so huh. when the when the rapping thing came along i would rather do that because then there's other people on stage with me right and, you know i would rather do it that way but uh, so where are you what are you doing now spiritually tell me tell me how you're yeah where are you now uh, you're yeah uh, that is a good question. Um, Sounds like he might be a seeker. He may be. Yeah. He's kind of like yeah, where I, we are. We're like, uh, like yeah. if you ask me what I am, I'm not no. I don't know how to tell you what I am. You know, I'm just so uh, trying so to keep I, it wide know, open. Do, you know. Yeah. So I do benefit from uh, meditation. You know what I mean. Uh, All right. I do benefit from that. I do. I do have confidence in knowing that I am a spiritual person, um, okay. but you know, I do not like words like you know religion, or I don't like you know having to be made to do this at a certain certain. You know, I've I went to church since since back then, but it's just different because I know. <clears throat> that you're looking for a particular reaction from me uh, or yeah it's done because you're looking for a reaction from said phrase or yeah. you want me to sing the song with some feeling <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know all if, the nuances right all the yeah, right and it's almost like manipulation tactics in some ways to right. kind of like guide your life or something. And right. I was, but if, yep. if and, and, and if I'm in a, in a mode to where I'm really <clears throat> trying to, you know, meditate yeah. while everyone else is, you know, reacting, then, you know, you're frowned at, you know, you yeah. looked at like, Oh, what's wrong with him? Well, yeah. nothing. I'm just, I'm just trying to get my, you know, you're my, just my trying to right. figure it out, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And, uh, and you know, and just being in that setting is it's just everything is so especially for me is everything is so uh performative, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I know what he said. He's he's speaking my language cuz I yeah. so I grew up in a, a a Protestant church. I went to a Methodist church and the yeah. first Christian church. But when I got married some 30 years ago, 30 plus, my wife was a Southern Baptist and she mm -hmm. believed it all, every bit of it. So if I was going to be with her and she's an amazing woman, so I decided I was going to be with her, then I've been 
in Sunday school and church almost every Sunday for 30 something years. And the Sunday school I liked because there were people like Apostle Duke in there that I could visit with. The church service where they'd tell you stuff that I could absolutely not believe. And they'd try to shame you for everything and, <laughs> and uh, make you feel bad and try to embarrass you in front of everybody. Yeah. And, and this, you know, I, maybe the Southern Baptists are one huge cult. I don't know, but. But it sounds, there's a lot of similarities to what you're talking about. They, I would spend an hour and a half every Sunday angry at what was going on. Just, I'd yeah. go in there and I'd just sit there and I would seethe. Just, just like, get me out of here. I hate this. And so recently our church kind of had a big blow up and broke up and, and we left the church. And so my wife starts looking for another church. And I said, I'm not going. I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I tell, that's what I've been saying. I've, I now have two Saturdays. Yeah. It's, 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 it's been the most amazing freedom experience for me. Yeah. And that's, and that's how it, that's, that's how it feels. It feels like you're free. It feels like, you know, I don't have to put up this front yeah. for people. I uh, know that feeling. That, I, know, I just felt like the know. change fell off or something. Yeah. And, and, but here again, you're right. Cause it, it's we're, I think John Luke and I both are frowned upon. In fact, that's why we did this. That's why we did this yeah. whole podcast. It's because in our Sunday school class, we were kind of frowned upon. Like you always ask these questions that like, you're not really supposed to ask that. And, yeah. but that's where the fun is, you know, <laughs> it's getting into those. Yeah, because, you know, if, if we're free, <laughs> you know, like we're supposed to be, you know, and there's no judgment, but there is yeah, a yeah, lot of it. You, question, you know, right, there's yeah. It, yeah, but there's loads of it. But we're supposed to be this free, you know, type of you know, you're supposed to be elevated. But you know, if we're free from that, why is there so much non-judgment? You know what I yeah. mean? But there's loads of it. There's all yeah. there's, there's everywhere. You know, I. I got my first tattoo when I was yeah. 31, 32. But, you know, and my mother was still, you know, looking at me with the with the judgment. Like, you know, well, well, wait a minute. I, I've been through a whole ordeal. So the story behind my, my tattoo is, you know. Can you turn it so we can see it? Uh, and yeah. tell us what it so is. This, tell, the, tell the listening audience. Well, this is my phoenix. Uh, you know, the story of the phoenix is, you know, they they don't die. They're just reborn. So, um, long story short. So, for me, when I was 29, I didn't know that <laughs> I was a diabetic. So, um, I had all the signs, but I, I didn't, I didn't, I just thought I had the flu, one of those summer bugs. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm laughing because both my parents are diabetic and I'm my mother's first child. Uh, but the communication between, you know, my parents never said, Hey, I'm diabetic. Don't eat these type of foods or, you know, watch your, you know, Hey, let's talk about this. That wasn't done for me. So, you know, at the time I'm 29 and, you know, I'm working and I'm thirsty all the time. 
Uh, I'm going to the restroom every four hours. I'm always thirsty. I'm going through two packs of the bottled water. I'm going through two of those per day because I'm always thirsty. And I just, I just felt, you know, sick. I would sit at my desk and my arms would go numb oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, for, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And uh, I missed a payment on the truck I had at the time. And after one payment, they came and repoed uh, my truck. And I was about a mile, mile and a half away from where I worked at at the time. So, you know, I'm walking back and forth to work. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that one day I was at work. I just was really, really out of it. Uh, they actually sent me home because, you know, I, I, you know, my body was just, I just felt super bad. Uh, a buddy of mine drove me home. And I was able to get get in the house, and I just laid down. Nobody could contact me because uh, I was out of it. Uh, my brother eventually came and uh, came to the house. I didn't lock the door because I was just out of it. So he opened up the door, grabbed me, said, hey, man, you look bad. I'm going to take you to the emergency room. So we get to the emergency room. There's nobody in the emergency room, which is really, really weird. <laughs> Uh, but they said, yeah, man, going right, right on back. Uh, they gave me a few tests or whatnot. Uh, then the doctor came in, you know, a few minutes later and I'm asking for water. And they're like, no, you can't have it. <laughs> like, well, I'm thirsty. I'm pretty sure, you know, water's okay. They're like, no. <laughs> uh, so they told me that, uh, my kidneys were failing. They told me that my pancreas has stopped working for you know maybe six seven months at the time uh and then they said that we're you know we're going to put you in icu uh and the doctor told me that the only reason i'm here is because they told me that you were conscious and i didn't believe them <laughs> so the uh the medical term was uh, i was in uh i was uh I can't remember the medical it's, term. You're in diabetic ketoacidosis. A, a ketoacidosis. That's yeah. exactly it. So oh, by the I'm, way. A, I'm a physician. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so a ketoacidosis. Okay. Yeah. So, so that makes sense to you. All right. Oh so, yeah, absolutely. I know where the so, story was going. Yeah. So my, my blood sugar, because my pancreas stopped working was over 1400. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You should so, have been dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that was the that's first time I heard. That's the yeah, highest that's, number I've ever heard. Yeah. And that's why the doctor, so you understand, that's why she came yeah. to look at me because <laughs> <laughs> she didn't believe. So uh, uh, they put me in ICU for a couple weeks, uh, magnesium and all of the good stuff uh, put put back in me. They wasn't sure if my pancreas would kick back up after I left, but uh, it was a, it was a rude awakening. Uh, and I had to study to figure out what I could eat, what I needed to stay away from. I, uh, after I lost close to a hundred pounds, uh, eight months later, uh, my pancreas did, did start working on its own again. Uh, and they were able to take me off of the, uh, the insulin that I had to take daily. Um, uh, but, uh, there were, I was able to kind of recover most of it. 
I still take uh, meds for my kidneys just to be sure that uh, I'm good money there. But that's why I'm in the gym every day like I am. Uh, it's because, okay. you know, uh, you, I need, you to, almost have to, need right? to stay active. Yeah, yeah. So is that when you had your transition from the cult to not the cult? Or had you already done that before that? I had, I had, had done most of it. Like I would still go you know, maybe once a month or twice a month or some something, something like that. But then after that ordeal, uh, I seen, you know, the way they wanted to use my story. Uh, I seen, <laughs> you know, during that time, especially during that time, I was able to see a lot of the background. Uh, there was a revival done at the church and there were two, there was a guest speaker that was coming in from Chicago and in front of the church, they were back and forth. You know, they didn't like each other. Uh, and I was invited in for whatever reason. Uh, I was working, I, I was working uh, over, I was working nights at the time, so I couldn't get to the, to those particular uh, Sundays. <laughs> and uh, I was told you know because i was still serving as a deacon at the time so they they said hey well you know this guy will will take you around to the banks like you need to go because you know he's not familiar with oklahoma sure i'll drive you around so i would hear some stories from you know my brother or my cousins that were at the at the church and you know the guy knew about this that and the third he knew uh he knew that I didn't have no job. He knew he knew stuff that he couldn't possibly know. Uh, so, uh, you know, I picked him up like I told him I would. So I was working nights. It was during the day. And we were, I was taking him. He said, hey, can you take me to this bank over here? Sure. Take you over there. Hey, do you mind taking me to this other bank? <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, you know, and for whatever reason, he just let down his guard and he started talking <laughs> he started talking as though he was getting money he was getting a lot of a lot of money and you know one of my cousins used to be a pimp in chicago so that's what he sounded like to me oh man hey man take take you and your girl out tonight you gave me you know fifty dollars here goes some money for some gas and stuff like that hey take me over here to this other spot so we met so I took him to what I thought was his hotel, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't his hotel. It was where he would meet with the other, you know, pastor at the church that I went to at the time. And they wasn't mad at each other. They were buddies, turns out. So, you know, they're having this good old conversation. And then there's another prominent uh, evangelist uh, here in the city rose up because they just had a revival as well and this guy had been to their church as a guest speaker and you know other people start rolling up it's maybe five prominent ministers and pastors and evangelists here in the city and they're all i can reference to them as pimps you know how they get money and 
I just bought this Lincoln. I just bought this, you know, Cadillac over here. Hey, man, I, I like them shoes. Let me have them shoes, man. Yeah, I'll get you a pair next week. You know, you know, so those the, are the group. So they were pimping the churches, not actually pimps, right? Right. They were making their so, money off of preaching. Yeah, so what their okay. so the, what their deal was, that I come in, and if you were the pastor of your church, you know, I'll have an issue with you. So, and, so it was really performative because now, you know, me and you, we don't like each other, but I'm the guest speaker and I don't know you, but I know all about you because the person that looks like we're at, at odds about has filled me in about every person in the church. So oh. now I'm filled with information that I could tell about you that you don't know that wow. I know. So now wow. if I say that guy told me that you just got a bonus and that you need to give a hundred dollars right now for this special blessing <laughs> you'll give yeah. it because i know that you have the money <laughs> write wow. this down apostle you know what I mean? dude because yeah. we're talking about starting our own church like someday so we yeah. gotta we gotta write this one down anyway well, go ahead I, go ahead this is great stuff so you know now that i'm in this group and I'm looking around, this guy has been to every church <laughs> and had this special revival. And the congregation had to build this special fund for this guy that comes out of, you know, Chicago as a, this guest speaker. Now we share the money. We share the proceeds. Wow. Because I went through, I, took, I took him to all the banks. <laughs> And now we're meeting up with everybody to divvy up the the money. Nice. So, you know, now, oh, <laughs> oh, well, wait a minute, because, oh, okay, oh, oh, you know what I mean? So that yeah. that's that moment. Now I can look at, now I'm back in the congregation, I can really look at everything. And just say, well, wow. If anybody were to take that and run with it, hence the mega churches is out there, that is a lot of money. Yeah. And he was able to get that amount off of 20 and 30 people in his church. And this is a small church. So I can only imagine the the mega churches and, and what they're giving and how if I were to, you know, have you ever seen the book of Eli, that movie? Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff started popping open for me. And then, you know, I started doing research, a lot of research after that. And, you know, after that incident and uh, some other issues that has happened to me over the period of my life, um, I've seen how people would treat me, you know, uh, and if you were this preacher that only listened to God and hears his prayers, then you would hear how I'm feeling or, you know, hey, I need this. And no one was there. No, you know, there was a period in time where if I didn't go to the church, I couldn't get any help, you know. Hey, I, 
tire flat. Could you pick me up and run me to the house? I can get my jack. Nah, nah, can't can't do that. Now these are people that I've grown up with. These are cousins. These are aunts. These are uncles. These are you know these are family. But if I am not doing what the church says to do, then there's nothing I can do for you. Well, yeah, this is I okay. Two things. One is I told John Luke uh, that. Uh, when I talked to you before, it's like, okay, this guy's thought a lot about this stuff. I mean, I, I didn't really get to get into a lot of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, and that was, uh, that's been some interesting stuff, man. I just, I didn't know, I didn't know we were going to get, I, I, I knew that you kind of had an interesting kind of background just by some of the things you said, but I didn't know to what extent. So that's that's pretty interesting stuff, man. And I don't I don't know where you are now, though. I mean, you're you're now you're kind of opening yourself up to say, hey, I just I want to just believe, and you're okay with going to Buddha and to because we uh, recently we just did a uh, each episode. One was about Confucianism, one was about Buddhism, one was about Islam, but we got thrown off on that, and then one was Hindu. And so you know, we're, when we're, I'm, what, where I'm at now is mental health. You know okay, I, mean? I got you. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, that, you know I, I have done a lot of research, uh, but, you know, there's nothing that prepares you for being mentally stable. There's no teaching that helps you with anxiety. There is, and there 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 is in the in the aspect of you know giving all your problems or letting go of all your issues and putting them in you know God's hands. There is that aspect, but if you wholeheartedly believe in that, you know what I mean, and something happens to challenge that, you know, there's 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 a hint of something that can happen. You know what I mean? There's a, there is, there is something that you believe in wholeheartedly and this has to happen this way. And that there's that space that if the mic drops, if, if that doesn't happen the way you believe it's supposed to happen, there's a reaction to that. There's a, there may be a violent reaction. There may be uh, a depressed reaction. There, There is a reaction to that. But there's nothing that will prepare you for that action to the inaction of what you believe that it is. You know what I mean? If I make sense. Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. So if you're going to believe something and you expect a certain response from God and you don't get it. Yeah, or. Kind of throws or, you for a loop. Yeah. Or you or you devoutly believe in something and then it doesn't happen. I remember one time I was praying uh, and my dad and I, we, we went down together and prayed in the name of Jesus that this thing would happen. And uh, it didn't happen. And I was just like, okay, I really thought that would happen. I, you know, like what? 
what what happened here and then and then that just but but there's two roads it's like there's two ways you can go there's two ways you can go one is the way you went and said i'm just i want to think about this stuff the other way is you, you bury it right you just go because i did that for years i think i did that for years where it's like okay i don't know this probably isn't right but like you said we had a interesting and i don't think we're going to be able to do all this tonight there john luke are we i wonder we can keep we can keep okay. going I, I mean i'm i i am really enthralled with oh good with your story and i i think we found our preacher if we ever start our church because <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me tell you real quick what our church is it's it's okay. come and believe what you want to believe but but have a spiritual group that that is seeking god or seeking some higher power and and also, is we we've talked about this too. We're always all very interested in mental health and and peace in our souls. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so, like I I've gotten more peace in my soul since I've finally admitted to everybody that I think when I die I'm just going to cease to exist. <laughs> and when I don't think there's a heaven, I don't think there's a hell. I'm no I'm not afraid of hell, and I don't do a single action in my life to prevent going to hell. And I don't do a single action in my life to go to heaven. I am trying to live a good life on earth and treat people the way I would want to be treated, and you know, follow the teachings of Jesus here on earth, but but not with the expectation of getting rewarded after this life. So that's that's the kind of church we're talking about starting. And the biggest thing, you can bring your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but and that's that's where I'm at. You know, my my mental health is, you know, that's where I'm at. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get my therapy on to where you know I could deal yeah. with some of the stuff I've dealt with quietly, uh, which is dangerous. You know what I mean? So, because I've seen, I've I have family members that tried to do deal with it, and you know they're addicted to drinking. They're addicted to you know other other aspects or they're in and out of prison uh you know and it all has to deal with stuff that they're not dealing with or talking about yeah well good for you I man yeah it sounds like you you uh i just i what you're saying resonates with me and i think what you're saying is just what john luke and i have been talking about for a long time it's just you know and it comes down to almost like just what's healthy and you mentioned something about um, uh, dealing with anxiety, you know, give it to the Lord, uh, you know, let it, don't pick it back up, put it lay it for the cross, don't pick it back up. But if you, if you meditate, if you like, just try to quiet your mind, you know, just try to use some like science, you know, that just helps you calm yourself, you know, that's uh well, like you said, the meditation thing, I, 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 I try that. That's how I've been trying meditation for about seven years, probably. I'll say it like that. And I'm not good at it and it's on and off, but I've been trying, I'm trying for seven years. I've been trying to do it. But anyway, that's like, to me, there's, there's scientific proof. It's, it goes beyond the fact, is it, is it woo woo or weird or something? It's just practical like quiet your mind but to your point that's frowned upon right so so anyway we want to go to a place where we can 
talk about it at least. You don't have to agree yeah. with the stuff yeah. we're, we talk about, but it's just we want to just be able to have questions and, and, and talk about that stuff. So, so anyway, yeah, so just thanks for all that. Go ahead, John Luke. I was going to say, if you're okay with um, Apostle Duke sharing your number with me, I'm going to send you this thing I've been working on. I call it studying, you know, Confucius and all that. We, you know, mm. like in, in Buddhism, they have the way, you know, and mm. of course, Christianity, we have the way. Mm. But so since we, we call it Gracemont because I happen to buy that domain name. Oh, okay. Gracemont. And, and it sounds kind of churchy. So that's yeah. why we call it Gracemont. And so I've created this thing along with Apostle Duke. We've worked on it together called the way of grace. I'll read you a couple of the first sentences. It's, it's like several pages that I'll send to you and you okay. can see if any of it applies to you. So okay. it's called, so the way of grace is a spiritual, philosophical, psychological, physical, logical, pragmatic journey toward fulfillment and peaceful well-being. The way of grace is inclusive of all. It can be followed by people of all faiths, as well as people of no religious affiliation. Differences are accepted. They are neither derided or criticized, nor are they celebrated. We're just all different. We bring people together to share what is good in their respective spiritual lives and to provide an understanding of how different beliefs and experience help to explain our different behaviors. I mean, it's, it's stuff like, it's, it's like three pages that's of that good. kind of crap. That's good. No, that's good. That is good, man. It, I, and I think it's, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm excited for you. I feel sometimes like you're like connecting on some of this stuff. And that's cool. You're man. talking to me. I'm, yep. Yeah. Okay. It's like some of this is like Appreciate connecting it. and it's kind of like, it's like good energy, right? Good energy. Yeah. So anyway, well, because it's, 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 it, you know, it's frowned upon. So, you know, a lot of people don't talk about it. You know what I mean? And, right. Uh, yeah. Especially, you know, in my culture, you know, you, you don't, uh, you don't say, you know, don't don't say that or don't say you you, you know and, and it's not that I don't believe it's just that you know it might be a little outdated and you know you might need to because there yeah, if right. I if I if I knew about <laughs> you know my mental health at, at 17 18 yeah. I would have done stuff right. different sure if, if if I knew what I know now yeah, and if you can you know. somehow associate it with Jesus or something, <laughs> then it it will right. probably, you know, like connect or something. But yeah, yeah, we I went I went through all that. And we're I think we're. Oh yeah, okay. So, uh, hey, so John Luke, did you come up with all those, or did you copy some of those and put some of those together? What the tenets? Yeah, the, the way of grace. Right. Yeah, it's some of it's from Buddhism, some of it's from from Hindu, some of it's from Christianity. It's, uh, yeah, the you know one of the one of the things that helps me to meditate is a uh, there's a Headspace uh, on uh, Netflix. There's a there's a guy that was a physician that went and. He 
went and became a monk for 12 years and learned uh, everything that he could about Buddhism. And he put together a podcast and now Netflix show. And he actually teaches everyone how to meditate and different techniques uh, that he learned uh, and as being a, a monk. Uh, and, you know, part of the reason I like to meditate is because one of the things that he mentions a lot is that meditation doesn't have to be hours. It doesn't have to be, you know, 30 and 40 minutes. You know, you can quiet your mind in two minutes, you know, five minutes, you know, seven minutes, something like that. Right. And, you know, get, get the fortitude that you need (laughs) if you concentrate for a couple minutes or five minutes or something like that and just get what you need and it's able to, you know, fulfill what you need at the time to to get through with with what you, what you go through. I think that was the biggest impact to me because forever, you know, Oh man, you know, you gotta be, you know, Hey, so just, yeah. Okay. So I, uh, years ago thought, okay, I'm going to try this. And I got all set down and, and I tried it and I was horrible and, and all that. And I did it for maybe, a, a maybe 10 days or something. I, part of it was just being quiet, felt good. And so I was horrible yeah. at meditating. So I thought, well, I'll just hang in there. And I finally, I had this one or two or five experiences in those short amount of times, like five or seven minutes that I, mm. that I honestly did my whole master thesis on meditation. Because I had such, it was almost, here's what it was like, kind of, it was like playing golf and you hit that one shot and it goes right up by the hole and you're like, oh my God, I'm hooked, you know, it's like that feeling was so great. So anyway, um, yeah, so I, 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 and, and I, I can resonate with you. I don't, I haven't been in doing it. I can't do it for an hour or even even very long, but just those short moments, it seems like. And I try to do it in the morning. I try to get just grounded is how I, I think of it. You know, yeah. just get grounded, man. Just don't let your head just go spinning off in some direction, you know. And so that just and it's helps. A, yeah, it's a, it's a mental it's a mental healthy thing to do. It, it, well, it, it is <laughs> a know, skill. To, to get it's grounded. a skill. Yeah. It's a skill and it takes practice just like any, it's just like pressing weights, you know, it's, it just takes, and the more you do it, it's stronger and better you get at it. So anyway. Um, so, something we have discussed in previous podcasts is that the religions are all built for decent dealing with reasonably mentally healthy and reasonable people. Mm. They, they don't, there's no, 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 look through the religions and try to find where they have help for the schizophrenic person. It's not there. Or the person with bipolar disorder. Nope, it's not it's there. It's not there. Yeah. Or people with uh, personality disorders, like people who are um, borderline personality or um, narcissistic. Nowhere, nowhere in any of those scriptures does it tell you how those how people to, are supposed to live yeah. better lives. They tell you how the normal. 
reasonable person is supposed to have a better life. They don't teach. There's not that's not taught anywhere. So that's something we've talked about, including in our, in our church is, yeah. group therapy. Basically, I mean yeah. you, you can call it something else. You know, a, a small group, group or whatever. But it's basically group therapy. I love it, and I like I like going woo woo. I like going into like let's just get positive energy going. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I that's kind of how like I just like. Like, okay, so like Mike and, and me at the gym, just, hey, how are you? You know, just, it's good. And just get that positive energy going. And it's just healthy. It's just healthy. Yeah. And it's, and like you say, but, you know, like the Bible doesn't talk about schizophrenia, but so, but that's like health, right? Well, they, that's they like, will say it's like demons in the Bible. Yeah, they right. would, yeah. Yes, exactly, they would. Yeah. That They would. And that's where it's not helpful. That's where it's not helpful. I think John Luke and I have this sort of ongoing debate, I think, of like, if people just believe that stuff, just leave them alone, you know? And it's like, just because it's bringing them peace, and I kind of get that, but sometimes I think that there's other parts of that that, I mean, as a, as a race, like as a human race, right, we're trying to adapt and 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 if if people are believing in superstitions around the world anywhere uh and and especially like so okay so like one of the uh uh like universities one thing that we got in this debate about you have these christian universities well i love christianity but their whole foundation when they do their research and their science is based in the bible's all true and so that's how we study. I mean, the whole groundwork up is based on that. And so you, how can you trust that research? How can you, how can you um, legitimize, you know, those educations, especially when it's like scientific or, or even some management stuff? I don't know. But that's why I think... It's important for our species and for us to worship God to help our society move forward in the healthiest way. It can just like mentally healthy, right? Just be mentally healthy. It it can, yeah. but I, I think, well, my view anyway, uh, I think that it can go that way. And and in all honesty, it it should, but what keeps it from going that way, um, I always refer to that movie Book of Eli, is that some people get off on control. Uh, some people will continually use uh, what they have learned in the Bible to keep people paying <laughs> or uh, to... So you think you know, that always, you think just it's human, it's in the human behavior that you can't, through through educating ourselves, and and you don't think we can ever get away from that, that ideology. Not as far as, not as, far as religion is concerned. Right. So, Laura, you know what? I think we need to continue this another time if we could. Yeah. We could get Mecca to come back. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Cause yeah. I, I, I love the stuff you're saying and, and it's it's really enlightening because the similarities of 
of what you're talking about, how the things were done in your cultish church to the church I've been in, they're very similar because it's all about the money when you really look at it. The people may may or may not believe that, but but that's what's going on. The amount, amount of money that gets sucked out of people by those churches is amazing. And the control that they have over people. And the guilt that you feel. Yes. For missing a payment or oh, for yeah. missing a tithe. Yeah. So yeah. so the that part that tugs at your very being, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, from growing up in it, I know how it tugs at you. And it, you know, oh, I got to pay this rent. But if I don't have, you know, I'm not going to be that's a struggle all on yeah. its own. So like, and then they will, they will make you feel that like you're going, you're not, you're not going to hear the last of this. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to feel it. Yeah. Oh, and there's always a story about, well, I didn't have the rent money, but or I took the rent money and I gave it to the church and then uh, went to the mailbox and there was twice that much in the mailbox. There's always yeah. some story like there's that. There's always some yeah. story to, uh, it's, to it's, get you uh, to like, whoa. It's it mental be control, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like mental yeah. control. It's able to, through your thoughts, they control us. Yeah. But no more. No more. That's right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign us sign us off, and because uh, it's been over an hour, and, and I I could listen to your story for another two or three hours, but but we probably ought to divide it into other podcasts because people yeah. get bored. Yeah, because that that's that's not even half of it. Okay, <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd love to hear some more. So, uh, this is uh, Grace Mont, uh, episode forty. This is probably our best one ever. And uh, you can you can find my comments on Twitter, or what was formerly Twitter. Uh, you know, I have a theory on that. I think Elon Musk bought the domain name X dot com somewhere. <laughs> 10 years ago and he's just been looking for some place to put it. Yeah. And so he stuck it on Twitter. So you anyway, anyway, that's that. another story. You would know about okay. that. At Apostle John Luke, or you can email Apostle Duke at ad1 at gracemont.com. And so that's it for this evening. Woo-hoo. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Mike. Mike. It, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And we'll do it again. Yeah. Let All me right. know. All right.